This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between. Here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. Hi and welcome. Have you ever been on a date with a man who talked a lot about himself and asked very little about you? If your answer is, heck yes, you're not alone. I have spoken to many women who have gone on dates with men who talk on and on about themselves, their lives, their families, their jobs, their stuff. The thing is, these men don't seem overly interested in learning about the fabulous women who they're supposed to be getting to know. This happened to Natasha on her first date with Ed. She was a seasoned dater, so she knew the ropes. He was separated and had a lot to share. Find out how she handled things and about the dating rule that she wanted Ed to follow. And now, here's Natasha's first date story. Welcome, Natasha. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. We're here today to talk about a first date that you went on, but let's talk about something else first. So if you would, please uh, share a little bit about what you enjoy doing and what brings you joy in life. I enjoy hiking and I enjoy nature and I enjoy being outside and I work as a botanist, so I get to be outside and get paid to study plants and help improve the environment. And I also love yoga, and I, I love going to talks and movies and, and being with my friends and my husband. And your husband. All right, so you're currently married. Now, when this date took place, were you divorced or single? I was single. I had been in a number of relationships, uh, most rather short relationships that hadn't gone where I had hoped they'd go, and I'd been single a lot of my life as well. How old were you when this date took place? I was 38. That was just over five years ago. What was going on in your life around the time that you went on this date? I was working at a nonprofit that promoted green building, and we were working with private homes and public agencies to improve building standards and energy efficiency and comfort. You were really busy with work, it sounds like, at that point in your life. Not that you're not busy with it now. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely busy with work. And I also was on the board of a a women's group, um, another environmental group. So we were producing events and hikes and networking opportunities for career women. What's the name of the guy who you went on the date with? Ed. How did Ed and you come to meet? We did meet online. We met on a dating website, OkCupid, and... I had been on a number of different dating websites. I'd tried Match and some of the other things. Actually, even tried uh, paper ads <laughs> way, way back after way college. <laughs> but OK Cupid was recommended to me by a girlfriend, and uh, it it became quite fruitful. So, <laughs> did you go on a lot of dates uh, through OK Cupid around that time? A handful. Yeah, I was actually dating several people when I met Ed. How was it doing online dating? You Were you comfortable with it? Did you enjoy it? Or? It was challenging. I, no. I found it awkward and fun, you know, some fun and exhilaration, but also awkward first conversations. And some of the pictures I saw on there were just like strange. Who contacted who first? Did you see Ed or did he see you? He emailed me and that was a policy that I kind of 
implemented at some point. I had sent out a number of messages to people. And at some point around when I met Ed, I had decided I'm going to let the men come to me. (laughs) What was the reason that you changed that approach? I think I just wanted the traditional relationship, male-female roles. And I started to realize if the men that I'm dating don't have some initiative, that that's already a red flag. I get it. He emailed you. Mm -hmm. You looked at his profile then right away. (laughs) Of course. What did you think? He looked cute and successful and fit and interesting. And so, yeah, I was excited. What made Ed stand out from the rest? He wrote a very nice, thoughtful email. He'd read my profile, which makes a big difference. And that he put a little bit out about himself. And he seemed to have a great career and be interested in sports and the environment and science. Was he single or had he been married? He had been married for quite a while and and was divorced. He was divorced at the time. He wasn't separated. It wasn't finalized. He was separated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was fine with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did he have kids? Mm -hmm. Yeah, two kids, uh, 10 and 14. You had no kids at the time. How Mm -hmm. did you feel about going out with a guy who had kids? You know, the kids are a big factor, but you start with the relationship and, and make sure that that seems interesting for both of you and then see how the kids fit in. You were open to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Excellent. Exactly, yeah. Do you remember how you responded to his email, what she wrote? I actually saved it all on my computer. I think it was just a little back and forth about science and work. And He's a scientist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, we both work in science, so that was a nice overlap. And... Ah, you were wooed by science. <laughs> right. Nice. <laughs> and the title of his first email to me was Green Building and Science. A man for my heart. Yes, I guess so. How did the wooing? The wooing, yes. Evolve. Well, we emailed a couple times and talked about potential times to get together. And so I think it was just over a week that we shared a little bit. And we had shared our phone numbers, but I don't think we'd spoken before we met. Was it an evening date or an afternoon date? Late afternoon. Where were you meeting? We decided to meet in a local park. That's in the neighborhood. Ah, so he's local to you. Yes, we're both from the same area, which was a really interesting coincidence that we actually had a lot of shared experiences and both of us had lived in the same area for over 10 years. So same grocery store, same park, a lot of the same cafes. But I think when you get older, I kind of assumed that a lot of these guys are married as he had been (laughs) and just wasn't looking at every guy that was around me. So... So we could have bumped into each other and not have realized previously. <laughs> Do you remember how you were feeling when you were getting ready to meet him at the park? A little excited and, and nervous. I think most dates bring that up. You know, there's there's a little risk factor, but hope and excitement. Where did you guys rendezvous? Was there a specific place in the park? We met by the old scout hut. And I think I got there a few minutes before him and I was looking around and stretching a little bit. I think I had some athletic clothes on. And then I believe he wore jeans, and I don't remember what he wore on top, but he wore some some jeans that fit him just right, and that really <laughs> st- stood out for me later. I was, wasn't 100% convinced about him, but I knew his jeans looked really good on him. From the front and the back, huh? From the front and the back, from all sides, yeah. <laughs> Take me through what happened, please. So we saw each other in the park by the scout hut, and he 
we looked around and kind of gave that nod of acknowledgement, like, oh, you must be the person and, and smiled. And we chit chatted a little bit about that being a park that we both knew and had used for years. We ended up walking up the creek through this park and talking and hearing about his work and my work and his kids. Was the conversation flowing? Not bad. I remember some flow and, you know, some nervousness too. And then at times feeling like he talked too much. <laughs> so did you think that was because he was nervous or he was just a talker or you really didn't know I think it was both he's he's a bit of a talker and so it was exciting to hear him talk about all this stuff but also I felt like sometimes he wouldn't listen and encourage me to keep talking so mm-hmm. so that's been a theme that I've had with him and other men so there was a little bit of frustration about the the challenge with the conversation. Did you say anything at that time? No, just went with it and kept hiking. You do wonder, I did wonder, is that because he's nervous or is that because he has no one else to talk to mm-hmm. uh, and he just needs to talk to someone <laughs> or is that because he's all about himself <laughs> exactly. and is that a red f- or maybe a yellow flag red or yellow flag so exactly there was there were all those thoughts in my mind and so I was interested in what he had to say but it was also like are you gonna listen a little bit yeah. too and like is this guy so full of himself <laughs> yeah but, but mostly it was good and I liked that he was outdoorsy and adventurous and And kept pace with me pretty well. You know, I think just physically getting used to someone navigating difficult terrain can be something that makes, that tells compatibility or not. So the walk through the park up the creek was difficult. It ends and then you have to start walking over rocks and through the creek over different rocks to the other side and around this tunnel. And so then (laughs) were the two of you ultimately in a secluded area together? Mm-hmm. How yeah. Did, how yeah. did you feel about that? You didn't know this man, and you uh, you went with him into a part of uh, the park that others didn't see you at. You mm, were alone. Good question. Yeah, I tend to just trust my instincts, and and for sure there there was no one else around, and there were no red flags at all as as far as that. He seemed like a very sweet family guy and very trustworthy. So, <laughs> got it. Yeah. So. You're out there, you're climbing over rocks and, and through tunnels, and, <laughs> and it's late afternoon, I guess, at that right, point. Yeah. What happened uh, at that point in the date? Yeah, Yeah, so we kept going, and then you can, I guess, crawl up this little trail to the side, and that gets you back into city streets and a neighborhood, so you're walking down sidewalks and down to the main street, and then there's cafes. We did kind of this neighborhood walk and then went to a cafe and stopped and had some coffee and I think a snack. At that point, I felt like he started to reveal too much. He was telling me about his mother's inheritance and this whole like family battle with his aunt. And I was like, this is kind of a lot for the first time I've ever met you. That actually made me feel a little awkward. How many hours into the date were you at this point? Like a couple hours, two or three hours. He clearly was feeling more comfortable with you to disclose more personal details about his life and his family. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you were not at that point at all. It just seemed a little odd. I'm like, hmm, am I supposed to be tracking your whole family saga already? I mean, I thought it was cute and interesting, but I was like, hmm, maybe he's a little, like, unstable. (laughs) (laughs) 
It was hard to know if it was just very trusting or a little unstable. And it's like a lot of information right. at once. Yeah. And then, and then he also told me a bit about his kids. And I, he stopped and called his kids, which also gave me some time to process. But there's a lot of emotions going on and kind of confusion about what this all meant, I think. <laughs> right. It sounds like you were enjoying your time. But not sure exactly what was going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the information and just the feelings around it all. So as the date progressed, did you get more clues from him as to what he was thinking about you and him and this date? There were signs that it was going well. He seemed interested and positive and receptive. And so after the cafe, we kind of decided it was time to go home. And it's kind of a loop. I walked him down from the cafe towards the park again. He reached out and gave me a hug, which I thought was sweet. And then he asked me if I was free the next day. So I was like, oh, he does like me. And that's sudden, but um, sure. It was Saturday, so Sunday was open. I was like, sure, let's get together tomorrow night. He did not <laughs> leave you to wonder. <laughs> right, right, which was which is really great. Yeah. <laughs> Why toy with each other, you know? That's really refreshing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I really liked that. But you still had questions, a lot of questions in your mind about his oversharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the conversation dynamic and how the kids fit in and the tension between dating and the kids. So when you went home, did you get on the phone and call your friends or <laughs> or text your girlfriends? I'm sure I talked to some friends. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I was excited and a little nervous and wondering <laughs> what it all meant. <laughs> So please share the rest of the story of what happened with you and Ed. Oh, well, so we dated the next night, which I'll briefly say it was we met at a restaurant and I was expecting him at, let's let's say, 630. And I got there at 630 and he didn't show and didn't show. <laughs> so I was like, oh, second date. Event, like 15 minutes later, he calls me and said he was running late working on a wine project with some of his friends. So that irritated me <laughs> that on the second date, he was late. Well, you <laughs> waited then. Yeah, I waited. So he got there 25 minutes late or something. What'd you say when he showed up? <laughs> I was a little irritated. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I just was in the middle of something. <laughs> Did he bring you any wine? <laughs> Not that night, no. <laughs> but since then, I've, I've gotten plenty of wine. So <laughs> it works out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but we did have a, a nice dinner and we kept dating. And a couple of weeks later, we saw a movie. And I remember just sitting next to him and loving his laugh, just having something else to focus on, but being aware of him and hearing him laugh was just like the most nurturing, like reassuring sound. I was, I just was like really struck by what a nice laugh he had. And then as we left the movie, he put his arm around me and that was really sweet too. But no kissing. So no kissing for how long? For several weeks. And that no. was okay with you? Yeah, that was kind of part of the plan. One of my girlfriends had been coaching me and that was part of my plan. Explain more about that strategy, <laughs> please. I think just like really the sense of developing a friend, a friend and someone that you can converse with, that you enjoy being with that you can get to know in a non-physical way. That that was what my girlfriend was coaching me in, and I just felt like that was right for where I was in my life. Did you tell Ed 
that this was the way you wanted things to go, that you didn't want to kiss him for a while in the early stages of your relationship, or he just didn't make a move? I think I gave some signals, but yeah, I just kind of kept a little distance. And, and I think he was respectful too. He just knew he wasn't looking for something short term. He, he was looking for a, a long-term relationship. So. so you don't remember any like, m- times when he made like the move in and you <laughs> turned away <laughs> responded with a hug or anything <laughs> no there were a couple hugs um and I don't I don't know if I like moved a little bit away I don't think he really tried to plan a kiss on me until it was about our fourth date or so and then once we started kissing there was like no stopping so ah, that means about a month in yeah three weeks or so about yeah three weeks uh-huh. in yeah yeah. Is that a strategy that you would recommend for other women? I would feel it out, but th- yeah, I've tried different things. And at that point in my life, I think that was definitely the best. Just finding finding someone that you're real compatible as a friend with. A- and knowing that the attraction's there. Of course, physical attraction is really important. But to me, just having good good rapport was kind of essential to know before you get physical so (laughs) once you started with the kissing uh do you think that that elevated things to a different level between the two of you when it came to intimacy or yeah I think there was kind of a lot of pent-up energy and excitement and so yeah things were very elevated and then yeah there was a lot of chemistry between us and and yeah once that kind of fire hose came unplugged it just started gushing I guess so (laughs) so ultimately uh, where did your relationship with Ed evolve to I just kept growing and getting the the kids into our relationship was a whole nother level of course each of them has feelings about having another woman in in their dad's life and and so some of that was a challenge but it went quite well and we actually so we kept kind of growing for about six months and then I was getting some signals that were not working for me so then I actually broke it off and said okay we're we're separating this is not working and I think a lot of it was conversation but it was also different take on spirituality and what's important. So that had been a strain. And then within a few days, he's like, well, can we just talk? And I was like, okay, we can talk. And, and he had kind of written out some of some notes and all these feelings he had. He had talked to his therapist and, and he had a lot to share. And he's like, well, let's just be friends. I don't want to lose you, you know? And, and then that just started all up again. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so sweet and, and thoughtful. And then I was like, okay, we can be friends. But it, we were never, we, we couldn't be friends. Yeah. You were never just friends. <laughs> no. no, we were never just friends. But it kind of shifted the relationship, the tensions that were there before. Like we kind of addressed them. So it, it helped a lot. You were able to get past your your personal concerns about spirituality piece? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like he could see that part of me much more and was more willing to listen and be more sensitive just in relationship. So that breakup mm-hmm. or maybe it really was pressing pause more than fully Well, I saw up, it, I saw it as a breakup and did. I was really sad. You know, it felt like something I'd been thinking about for a while and then I said it and said goodnight and and then the whole next day I was like, "Oh, this is so sad to lose him." So you didn't see in him at the time the ability for him to meet you where you wanted him to meet you. Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
so it turns out you underestimated ultimately what mm-hmm. he was able to do mm-hmm. to yeah. be and the way he was able to evolve to be in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've, since then we've totally grown together and I feel like we're a really solid team. So yeah, I, I interest, underestimated him and, and I felt like he just wasn't open enough, I think for me previously. Where are the two of you now in your relationship? We're great. We're married. We've been married for a couple of years and, and we're very happy. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm curious what advice you have for the women who are listening. Sure. Um, well, partly thinking about this podcast and, and reflecting back on this time, I pulled out some of my journals. And I realized that journaling was very helpful because, you know, each step of the way you have mixed feelings and and challenges, but sometimes just putting all that down on paper and just supporting yourself through working through your thoughts and your feelings with each relationship. And also, I think friends and girlfriends just talking about what you want, putting it out there that you're looking for a relationship and talking about the challenges and strategies. Yeah, telling everybody you know that you're interested in meeting someone mm-hmm. to yeah. date is, is a great suggestion. And just knowing that there is someone, I believe everybody's totally lovable and that there is someone out there for you. So, so just trust that and just know that, that the situation will appear when the time's right. Love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. And it worked for you. Uh, yes, and... surprisingly, but I'm very happy it did. <laughs> I don't know about surprisingly. <laughs> at, time, at times, I didn't think it would work. But yeah, yeah, it's worked great. Yeah. But you kept at it. Mm-hmm. Yep, kept at it. Why did you keep at it if you doubted at times? Because I know there are women listening who are doubting at times, unfortunately. I doubted at times. So I'd love to hear from you what it was that kept propelling you forward. Well, one thing that helped was a visioning class. I did a visioning class just before that, and it was about just kind of being creative and being a, just thinking about what excites you and, and maybe making collages, making, you know, just writing out, imagining what you want in your life. So, so taking space for yourself and dreaming about what you want. So that was a good tactic that I did just before I met Ed. So I think in some ways just feeding the things that make you happy and spending less time on things that worry you or make you feel not happy. That's such a healthy approach to take, to get centered on what you want and see it for yourself. And then that way, when you experience it, you'll know that this is what you want because you've already pictured it. And you've already kind of processed it. Yeah, I think making making some space in your mind and in your heart for this makes you open and aware and and available when 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 your life starts to shift. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for talking with me about your first date with Ed. I've enjoyed it immensely. I hope our listeners have also learned a great deal. And I thank you so much for being here on the show with me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you have your own take on this story, head on over to firstdatestories.com and leave a comment. While you're there, check out the articles about celebrating singledom and dating in midlife. First Date Stories provides inspiration, camaraderie, and support for single, divorced, and widowed women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. 
while you're on the website, you can also tell us about a memorable first date that you've been on by popping on over to the share section of our site. We are always up for a good story, and we may invite you to be a guest on a future show. We also have a bi-weekly newsletter. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you'll find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And now for a quick run through of the legalese. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Aid Stories does not recommend or endorse or object to the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests are changed for privacy purposes. This podcast is produced and edited by Kim Poletti and Lisa Gray of Sound Mind Productions and is brought to you by Espoir Ventures. First Aid Stories is here to help you be your best you cheer you on and to keep you going on first dates because beyond your next first date may be the long-term love you are seeking.